Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you. Hello there, everybody in the wide, wide world. My name is Lonnie. His name, as always, is Dylan. How's it going, Dylan? Friggin' amazing. <laughs> Couldn't be better. Best day of my life. How about you? I'm pretty good, too. Uh, I'm pretty excited today because you and I are recording a podcast, by the way. It's called I Miss You, Man. And what do we normally do on the show, Dylan? Well, normally, Lonnie, you take each other on a journey each week. And bloody hell, it could be about anything. Life, pop culture, everything in between. A lot of movies. Look, we do focus on the, the visual medium of film a fair bit, um, which is what we're doing today. I gave you some homework. I was the teacher, you're the student this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping you had a good time. You seem to like, to like the film we watched. What did we watch and did you like it? Well, well, bloody hell, what did we watch? 2003s, is it? Mm. Shattered Glass? Look, it's been a movie that's been on my to-watch list for a while. Um, I think just generally I heard about it being really good and it's about an interesting topic, which we'll get into. And I think maybe last year when the whole Obi-Wan show was on and people were like re-evaluating Hayden Christensen, they were like, you know, he, he he's a good actor. He does, he, this movie, he was fantastic. And it's got 92% Rotten Tomatoes and he was amazing in it. And so that's quite, sort of why I wanted to watch it. I was also prompted by something else, which we'll get into. But knowing you, knowing how much you are an apologist for the prequel Star Wars um, films, I thought you'd get a kick out of this too. And did you? Did you like it? Well, there's bloody nothing to apologize for. I'm just glad the world now knows that I always knew. That Hayden Christensen's a good actor. All you have to do is look at this movie because he is amazing in this movie. He is really good. So it's cool to shatter glass, as you said. Can you give us a quick rundown on the plot? Well, basically the plot is it's about this reporter called Stephen Glass. He writes for, what's the magazine called? The, the New Journal? The New Republic. New Republic, right, mm. right. It's like a the political, the prestigious. Yeah. Yeah. Very prestigious magazine. Apparently, it's uh, the onboard magazine for Air Force One. Apparently, that's a bragging point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's just killing it. He's a big hotshot reporter, just getting killer story after killer story after killer story. <laughs> Can't stop him. Momentum's going. <laughs> Till he runs across bloody uh, Phoebe's uh, gay ice skater husband from Friends <laughs> and Rosario Dawson. They throw a bloody spanner in the works for him. So that's played by Steve Zahn. I, I didn't didn't get the Phoebe connection there, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, mate, of course, yeah. Um, and just just quickly, Rosario Dawson hasn't aged a day, has she, since this came out no. twenty years ago? No, 
Amazing. She's as great as she was back then in looks and in acting ability. Yeah, no, love her so much. She, One of my favorites. She was fantastic. And the whole cast, like, he's a standout as the lead, Hayden Christensen, but the whole cast, full of heavy hitters, um, really amazing. So if you haven't seen the film, Dylan has um, pretty much outlined it. And it's not really a spoiler because that's the premise of the film, is that there's this journalist who has been a bit dodgy with the facts. Um, but we'll get into the spoilers. So if you are intrigued, maybe stop this and go watch it. Or listen to us, but know that we'll probably get into some nitty-gritty details. Um, I was reminded of this film, you know, as I said, with the whole Hayden Christensen revival. Um, but in particular, it came to my attention recently because I watched a similar film dealing with a very similar subject from Germany. It was playing here in Brisbane at the German Film Festival. It's called A Thousand Lines, but it's kind of funny. It's A Thousand Lines, A Thousand Lies, you know. Um, uh -huh. a bit clever, I'll bit say. Clever. Um, I've got the plot description here and see if it parallels. See if you can pick up the parallels, Dylan. <laughs> right. Uh, while working together for major news magazine The Chronic or The Chronic, um, freelance journalist Juan Romero encounters incons inconsistencies in a cover story by award winning reporter Lars Baginius. Juan undertakes his own research and uncovers a potential scandal. But when he informs his editors, the board of directors dismiss his concerns and stand with their celebrated leading writer, as the stakes are too high. However, Juan will not relent and pushes the boundaries, risking his career, his reputation, and his family in search of the, for the truth. Yeah, right. So it's kind of like this movie, but if Steve Zahn was the main character. Yeah, basically. that 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 is true. They they sort of refocused the attention on the person uncovering um the the lies the fabulations and that that movie the guy doing all the fabricating is the villain the, the you know the, the antagonist um and he sort of gets more support from his his you know editors and higher-ups and it's just this um they try to make him out as being a, like a disgruntled freelancer who he's jealous of the guy who's going and you know kicking goals in his career and he's just only a freelancer who can't quite make it in the same way mm. um there's also like a, a racial undertone there as well because it's it's the white guy getting elevated and the um one has got a spanish background so he is um he's sort of basic facing that battle as well in the in all sure. the arguments um it's very, cool. it's very well yeah. done um and it also that one is set more in modern day, or you know, last five or so years. And this is obviously Stephen Glass's story was in the late nineties. Um, mm. So even more so, it's a little bit apparent in Shattered Glass, but even more so in this film, A Thousand Lines, where it's sort of a death rattle of print journalism. They're having trouble competing with the internet and um, streaming and all that sort of stuff. And so when they've got this guy who's writing such fantastic stories people are buying the magazine and enjoying it, there is that incentive to keep the young, sexy story writer sort of happy and to keep those stories happening. But, you know, surely they should be trying to tell the truth, <laughs> which is kind of a, a main thing of journalism. You'd hope so, yeah. One of the main factors, one of the leading yeah. guide, guides? No. Yeah. Um, and that story too was also based on a true story about it actually happening. It's, it's much more fictionalised, um, but there, there was a real guy who could... Uh, class uh, relatius. Not sure about the German pronunciation there, sorry, but um, I'll put the show notes in the show notes some information about that. Really good movie. Um, 
I think Shadow Glass is maybe a more enjoyable movie, better movie, if, if it can, more compelling in some ways. I think it's just done a bit differently. It's it's more on the procedural. There's some like fantasy sequences and stuff that aren't quite as interesting in the other movie. But look, they're both really good, so I reckon track them down. Fair enough. Now, given you watched Shattered Glass, I thought that we could focus on that again. Um, what do you think of it? What do you reckon? Talk about it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was, thought it was really good. I thought, it was, I thought it was really compelling. I thought it was actually one of the one of the best movies I've ever seen, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> yeah, I was able good. to give you this opportunity to, to see a great movie today. Oh, mate, just has uh, everything I want. It has great writing. Mm-hmm. Ironically, great truthful <laughs> script. This one, mm-hmm. um, great performances. Hayden Christians, Christensen is amazing. Mm. He plays the the awkward, charming. You're on his side at the start of it, but once yeah. the lies unravel, you start to go against him a bit, as does everyone else eventually. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting the way that he plays it, and. Look, it's based on a true story and, and based uh, pretty... They try to get as close to the facts as they could, but you know, it's obviously fictionalised, so we're not sure if it's exactly how the events played out. But as, sure. as it's presented, he is very disarming, the character, mm. and whenever someone sort of gently pushes against what he's saying, he, like, immediately goes into saying, oh, so are you mad at me? Sorry, what did I do? Like, to the point where like, they don't want to, like, upset him further. It's a really clever yeah. way to, to work that sort of... Um, that sort of scam, I guess, is what he's doing, hey? Absolutely. And he never makes, like, a, a big deal out of any inconsistencies yeah. as well. He always just throws it off, like, oh, no, it's because of this, you know, you know how that goes, or, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's because he, he was busy, I don't know. He's always <laughs> busy when I call him, too. It's it's odd. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's in my notes. So they're at home, though, so I'll just go run and get him, but what he's really doing is going yeah. to write the note that he's relying on. <laughs> Um, so I, I find people who are fabulous really fascinating. And there have been so many throughout history, um, high profile ones like, like this guy, they, they sort of find their way into journalism. You know, I've known some people too in known stories, like in my you know, personal life of, of people who, who do this and they're just, just crazy. They seem to enjoy concocting and creating the, the narratives more than they do their actual job. And it's particularly, um, alarming when they fall into a truth-telling field like journalism, because it sounds like he's a good writer, just go yeah. write fiction, mate. Don't don't be involved in this. <laughs> I know you'd think it'd be natural for him, because they're pretty. Some of these stories are pretty outlandish. Yeah, I mean, and that that is the point: is that they're only uh, only exciting by being true. So that that's the angle. And like yeah. I, I, I don't know what what was your impression? What was the film trying to say? Was he calculating in the way he did this, or did he sort of get get caught up by getting into this world? One little lie led to a bigger lie to a bigger lie. He realised it's easier to tell more exciting stories if he could just get get rid of the facts. What, what's your take? I mean, I think it was a combination of things because um, it makes it obvious as obvious to us as well that he's doing law school at the same time. Mm. Um, because his parents really wanted to be a lawyer. If that's the truth, I don't know if it is, but that's sure. what he tells us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so he's doing that at the same time. So I think it's partly, you know, just overworked. Got away from trying him. to get something done, mm. and then he might have just fallen into oh, this is really easy to get away with. Actually, 
it's actually pretty fun. <laughs> so I might keep doing it. Yeah. Because not, not all of your stories were made up. No, and I've seen that online. They seem to think, um, like, they they calculated that he wrote something like 47 stories and 21 were either partially or totally made up. Having said that, they think that the editors have also said, we're not sure about the other stories. Like, they, they could have things that we just couldn't. <laughs> but it does sound like it was a gradual thing for sure. Where, mm. um, And, like, I think it's natural for, for writers to and they shouldn't do this to the journalists, but to like embellish and to, if something doesn't quite work, you just sort of smooth out the, the hard edges, you know, to make it nice and, and more like a better read. Um, mm. But that, that is where there's supposed to be checks and balances where they have fact checkers and they have editors and they, they go through the process. How many times these things get, get looked at and scrutinized yet somehow he's able to get through. So <laughs> Just kept doing it. Well, he, he says he says there is a loophole at some point. Mm. I can't quite recall the um the exact ways of the loophole, but he finds a loophole basically, and that's well, how he's able to get away. With I it. think his loophole is that they can fact check like facts, like you know where where something is, which town, who's the mayor, that sort of thing. But if he gives them a, a personal account of someone he interviewed and he protects his source. It's hard for them to go fact check with someone who's made up, so he can sort of he can build in his own facts that are kind of irrefutable. Yeah, of course. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, a bit clever. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely. One of the, I have one issue right with the movie. Okay, one issue. Hmm? All right, I'll see if you agree with me. So basically, he starts off the movie. He's like in like one of his old English teachers' classes or something. It's hmm. kind of like a a guest speaker just talking to everyone about journalism mm -hmm. and how he does his job and everything. And that you kind of cut back and forth between what's happening in the past and he's kind of telling the story to the class mm. as well, in a way. Mm. And the more shit starts to hit the fan throughout the movie, you're like, this is going so bad for this man. <laughs> but he's talking to this class like he's got everything together and he's actually quite in a good position in mm. his life right mm. now. Mm. And you're like, how does he go from the worst thing that could possibly ever happen to a journalist to being well-respected and everyone's to hear him talk? Turns out it's just a fake make-believe class in his head. Yeah, you don't, like, getting... you don't like this this device? No, I, th I just thought it was a bit cheap, right. to be honest. Mm. To just go, oh, no, no, this didn't actually happen. He actually was pretty fucked, eh, at the end. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Like, I, oh, okay. I, I liked the feeling of disconnect as that you sort of suspect expecting at, as, at the first when that first happens that oh okay this is the framing device is him going back to his high school and telling his life story and how amazing he is and then as it, as it plays out you realize he's lying to them and then you realize oh he's lying to himself even even more so um and it doesn't overplay it it just sort of you, you, you led to finally realize oh he's he's a complete liar i didn't mind that i think i thought that was interesting I, I get where you're coming from but um didn't need it for you it just makes it makes the first watch extremely compelling um mm. but subsequent watches i just don't think it's going to be as good as the first yeah, time no, fair you know what i mean i was reading that the the writer and director they filmed it sort of without that sequence first and then he real he, he in his view he thought he needed more he needed to sort of a framing device to, to 
make it more intriguing. Mm. And so he went back and filmed that. They raised some more money to go film the stuff in the school. So yeah, he got um, Peter Pan's wife from Hook as the teacher. <laughs> I, I like seeing that personally. Yeah, she's also the mum in Princess Diaries. She's just killing it that year. Well, there she? you go. Yeah. There you go. Apparently, yeah. Um, yeah, and I hadn't thought about that on a on a second watch. Is that sort of stuff just getting in the way of the exciting story that's playing out? But yeah, okay. Um, the writer and director, I wish to say, is Billy Ray. He's had quite a long career in Hollywood, but not a huge name. Um, mainly mm. a writer. He wrote Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks. It's a really good movie. Yeah. He wrote the first Hunger Games movie, um, mm. Terminator Dark Fate. Did he well, he adapted it, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the, the latest attempt of a Terminator film, which I was excited for, but it turned out it was bad. So, why why were you excited for it? Why? I thought I thought they finally worked it out. They'll give it a good shot in here. <laughs> they didn't. Then they killed John Connor straight away. Good I thought stuff, Genesis right? was okay though, so I'm a real weirdo. So, I think I only like the first two. As as everyone should. <laughs> well, I think the genesis is that I saw it like a few years after everyone said it was bad, and then I realised oh, it was not too bad. But but you're right, there's high standards in that series. Um. Now I look at some reviews. There's okay. one from a little guy called Roger Ebert. Have you? <laughs> oh, hello. He makes his way back in. <laughs> hello. If if there's a film that we can get a Roger opinion on, we'll we'll definitely talk about it on this podcast. For sure. So he starts off by saying, Are you mad at me? Stephen Glass asks. He's like a puppy who's made a mess on the carpet, but knows he's cute and all of his all the kids are crazy about him. The kids in this case are his fellow staffers at the New Republic, and the mess consists of 27 steaming piles of fabricated falsehoods that he deposited on its pages. <laughs> Roger. Roger. Stick, stick in the knife in, hey. Um, very good another, another good line here I think this will lead into a discussion on, on the acting performances because Shattered Glass is cast so well with actors who seem to instinctively embody their parts it's worth another look at some of Billy Ray's choices Hayden Christensen who makes Glass's career believable by being utterly believable being utterly plausible himself to play young Anakin Skywalker yes we know thank you for that Roger <laughs> <laughs> uh Steve Zahn often plays clueless losers, and Rosario Dawson specializes in sex and action roles. Not here. Whoa. Hello. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, 
they were really good. They, and so they play the the journalist at a rival um, publication or an online publication, which was you know starting out in the late nineties, who start to realize there are some things wrong with with Stephen Glass's work. Um, yeah, it's um the Steve Zahn's characters like in with like hackers and like the latest story of mm. Stephen Glass is like all about this like secret hacker society or yeah. whatever. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, and basically Steve Zahn's editor was like. Uh, how did you not get the story? You're in with all the hackers. And Steve's on like, mm, I don't know how I yeah. didn't get this. <laughs> and then he starts to look into it and he's like, so this tech company doesn't exist. This mm. website doesn't exist. This person doesn't exist. And then they get into him from there. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, and it's funny there, like he's trying to, uh, the idea is that Stephen Glass is telling these quite you know, outlandish stories, but like there's two too outlandish to not believe sort of thing. He's trying to find the the weirdness and sort of playing yeah. into the audience's um, shock and horror, but also their excitement by reading it. Yeah, and they're so detailed, which is the the key. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna lie, you have to have details, details, details. Yeah, exactly. Um, that reminds me in Thousand Lines, part of the reason that that writer was able to get away with it, as depicted in the movie, is that he's writing for a German publication, and a lot of his stories were set in the United States and they were like reconfirming Germans superior attitudes about America. And so it's about like how racist America was, or like one of these stories, big stories is about um, these, these Trump supporters who were like sitting on the border and like killing immigrants who were trying to cross the border and stuff, which is crazy. But because it was kind of confirming confirmation bias, it was confirming what they already thought about America they didn't question as much as they might have if it was written about their own country. Sure. Mm. Yeah, okay. I can kind of understand that, yeah. Uh, Roger goes on to say that Chloe Savini is a versatile actress, but you might not have thought of her as a New Republic staffer until you see her, see her here, and she's pitch perfect. Peter Sarsgaard has a balancing act as a new editor who happens to be right, but is under enormous pressure to be wrong. We should mention who plays the, the former editor, Hank Azaria, yes. how good was he? He is really. I wish he was in more things. Hank mm. Azaria, more live action things rather, because mm. he's a solid actor. He's a very sincere actor. Yeah, in a lot of the roles he plays. Yeah, well, and the way it's portrayed here is that he's the editor as the film begins, and he sort of defends and he protects Stephen to a certain degree, sort of smooths out some of the issues that are sort of bubbling up about him, and then he gets the can. He gets kicked out of the the, the um, editing role, and so someone gets promoted who isn't quite as well liked. That that's Peter Sarsgaard's character, basically Stephen's rival. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and he's he's not as good a writer. He is sort of now he's got to be the, their boss, and they don't really respect him. And so, as it's betrayed, and I assume there's some artistic liberties here, it was just really poor um, poor timing that once all these rumours start really surfacing about um, Stephen Glass's work, then there's an editor who the rest of the, the um, crew think is just out to get him because he's jealous and he's a better writer and, and he's got he's got guys, he's, he hates everyone who likes the old editor. Like the, the, the office dynamics come into play and it's, it's really quite fascinating to see how that plays out. As it turns out, he's completely right. <laughs> he just happens to be a boring guy. But he's the one, he's actually holding up the journalistic truth that they should all be aiming for. Integrity, yeah. And he, he, he's a good bloke too, because at one point he's actually defending Stephen. 
mm. to the other editor before they put the story out. He's like, it's just a kid. He made a mistake before he gets further into it. Mm. So he actually defends him at one point. So he's yeah. a very good character. No, very well done. And I haven't seen Peter Sarsgaard a lot. I obviously saw him in The Batman last year, and he was Hello. fantastic in that. Um, but he brings a lot of, lot of sincerity. It's a really hard role to play because he's, he's, yeah. he's kind of he, – he becomes – the protagonist, in a sense, because once Stephen's on the mm. back foot, he's sort of driving the plot. So, but he's unlockable. He's he's kind of he's got to play the arsehole too. So I thought that was good. Yeah, absolutely. Now the re- real Stephen Glass, um, yeah, <laughs> strange guy. Clearly, they, <laughs> they they mentioned he went on to um, study law and he, he got his law degree. Um, but from what I could see online, Dylan, blows my mind that well, that's fine. Well, he's he's never been able to practice though because he can't get admitted as a lawyer, even though he's got a law degree, because there are still so many concerns about his honesty and integrity because of this huge scandal. Well, of course, yeah. Right? So why do you bother? <laughs> I like I have to assume he thought he could could be all in the past, get 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 past it, and move on and. <laughs> He tried to write a book, it seemed, as well. And so the book was pretty much his story, the novel. Mm. Um, but no, I think he'd be just, he just breached so much, so much trust that he couldn't do it, could really do one to do that. Um, the movie doesn't go into like huge reasoning like behind why he did it. What do you think about that? No. Like, it's sort of, it's. Once he's on the back foot, he just sort of tries to defend himself up until the point where he, it's over. What do you reckon? I mean, I, I kind of like it. You have to kind of fill in your mm. own logic or your own reasoning as to why he might be doing what he's doing. Yeah. As I said before, you could put together that he's overworked and he kind of just got out of control. Um, you could put together that maybe he just enjoys the thrill of getting away with it as mm. well. Mm. There's heap of ways you can interpret it. Yeah. I also think, and I've got a, a review here that mentions this, is that one film, one thing the film could have done is maybe look into the broader society that like brings someone like this about, like the culture that allows this person to get away with it. So here's an excerpt of a review. It's from The Village Voice, Jay Hoberman. He dismissed the film as self-important yet insipid. He says... Shattered Glass begs a larger question. What sort of culture elevates Glass with his entertainment value, punishes him for being too entertaining, rewards his notoriety, and then resurrects him again as a moral object lesson? Sort of questioning the whole point of the movie is that another breach of everyone's trust by making him into a a, a kind of a hero in some ways by being in this movie. That may be drawing a bit too much there. I think the movie does a pretty good job of of deconstructing him and, and the process that, that got him to there. but Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, another review excerpt from A.O. Scott, your famous film reviewer. He says, The film is a serious, well-observed examination of the practice of journalism in astute and surprisingly gripping drama. A more showily ambitious film might have tried to delve into Glass's personal history in search of an explanation for his behaviour or to draw provocative connections between that behaviour and the cultural and political climate of the times. Such a movie would also have been conventional, facile, and ultimately false. Mr. Ray, 
the writer-director, knows better than to sensationalise a story about the dangers of sensationalism. Shattered glass is good enough to be true. Maybe, maybe it's good to just stick to the facts, given it's a film about doing that. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> well, you should do that, yeah. I've got three more things here to say about the film, Dylan. So I found some uh-huh. re- found some reviews from Letterboxd from you know, less traditional film reviewers. Sean the Scouse, three and a half stars, he said, I'm really bad with secondhand embarrassment, so watching him trying to lie his way out of getting caught lying was physically painful. I disagree. It would be painful if he was embarrassed, but he just had no shame (laughs) about the lies. He was just jumping from one lie to the next with not even a second thought. I don't know. which which seems to think you've got something different going on in your brain, hey, if you can lie like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Absolutely. Now, Jamel Bowie is a, is a writer and um, mainly political stuff, but also does a lot of film reviews in Letterboxd here. He said, Legitimately one of the great films about journalism and a penetrating look at how people will embrace lies as long as a liar has the right look and the right pedigree. Hayden Christensen does terrific work in this movie, and I am retroactively mad that he was so poorly directed in the Star Wars prequels. I think, yeah, I think that might be his problem. I think he's a director's actor for yeah. sure. Okay, I think he needs good direction to be to pull a great performance out of him. So if you don't have the direction, which George Lucas does not <laughs> for actors, then yeah, you're yeah. gonna struggle a bit. There, that's right. There are some actors who are always better than the material they're given and some actors who need to yeah get it drawn out of them yeah yeah you might be wondering what Stephen glass himself thought of the movie <laughs> sure he is said to have reflected about the experience saying it was very painful for me it was like being on a guided tour of the moments of my life i am most ashamed of yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And it did a good job, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you didn't come out and like, yeah, that was a great one. <laughs> I'd come off really I well. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was young. He was like early twenties, and I think that's probably part of it that he had sort of found himself in a position. Perhaps he was out of his depth. You know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't know. I'm quite honest, so I don't think I could get away with it like that, Dylan. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. What did you make of... Because um, basically, he's been found out by the end. Hmm. And him and Chuck are just in the office. Peace, Carl's Carl's character. Yep. And he's just desperately trying to get him to go with him somewhere. Mm. He's like, "Can you, you need to come with me. I'm afraid I'm going to kill myself. I'm afraid I might do something. And he's just like, no, I'm not going anywhere with you. Do you think he might have tried to kill him? Possibly, but, out of desperation. That's potentially true. Um, I feel like he's the sort of guy who just thought he could work somebody, and I guess he had been doing that. You work him over until they're on his side, but yeah, getting him alone in a car, potentially, potentially something dodgy. Yeah, yeah, mm. and just just how desperate he was, and he was know, very desperate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How great yeah. movie! Great movie. What conclusions you can draw on your own. Yeah, movie. absolutely. I just feel like he probably would have been a good writer if he just wrote as well, you know, like without all the lying. <laughs> um, so, yeah, bring to mind 
uh, a film, a series called The Dropout, which I think I mentioned as a get amongst it on this pod last year. That was about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, and she was the one who was trying to develop a blood um, testing technology. Mm. Did ring a bell for you? Amanda Seyfried yeah, was in so. the series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, she was a liar, a fabulist. <laughs> and she wasn't a journalist. She was trying to make it in the healthcare tech industry, and but she was undone by journalism, so that's good. There's some good journalists out there. Good on them. <laughs> but if you liked this movie, you liked a sort of, you know, stories about people lying and about people who find them out. Um, I get amongst that one, I reckon. Anything else you want to say about Shadow Glass? No. Great, solid movie. Mm-hmm. Give it a watch if you can. It's on stand. It's only an hour and a half, too. You're in, you're out. Yeah, no, I, I, no time. I very much appreciated that. That's good stuff. Yeah. Get a, get amongst that, but also get amongst, if I may, Dylan, one yeah. other thing. Of course. Not The Flash. Oh, figure I'm off. not going to mention that. I thought <laughs> I could mention a film I watched called No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Is this a, is this a recent one she's done? It's her most recent one. It's a bit sexy. But naughty, Dylan. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so she's playing the woman a bit down in her luck. Um, she comes across a Craigslist ad uh, from two parents who, who want to offer a car to somebody who will date their son. And by date, they mean date. Before he goes off to college. Sex. Yes, exactly right. Um, and it's quite funny. And it's quite a got a sincere heart as well and, and she's she's fantastic jay law and everything she does um she should have got a mention in our best lawrence's pod from a few weeks ago yeah. apparently yeah. not apparently not okay um but that's good to see these sort of you know mid-budget or low-budget um comedies a bit naughty it reminded me a bit of easy a that sort of style sure that sort of thing yeah. so Bit of that vibe, yeah. Yeah, if you if you like that sort of humour, that sort of that sort of story, get amongst no hard feelings. Good title too, I think. <laughs> and so was Shattered Glass. Oh, That's a great one. title. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. So this is a big comeback movie since Mother, is that right? Pretty much. He's had a couple of years off, I think, yeah. Mm. Do you ever see Mother? I never saw it, no. Too too weird for me, I reckon. It is very weird. It yeah. is a bizarre movie. <laughs> it's just madness. It's madness filmed. Nah. It is crazy. I'm okay, actually. Honestly. Yeah. Don't get amongst that. It's my know. suggestion. No, I don't. Do not <laughs> get amongst that. It's a fucked movie. Okay. All right, Dylan. Well, we're approaching our 100th mainline episode. Pretty good. We've got a big back catalogue if you want to get amongst that, everybody. What do you recommend that you get, get into? What one episode do you recommend? How about a, a whole series, our mega series, the Christina Chronicles, where we go through the whole filmography of one of our favourite actors, Christina Ricci. Absolutely. If you like us talking about movies like Shadow Glass, we do that there all the time. Christina Ricci movies. Yes. Um, are we on the socials? Sure. Facebook, Instagram. We have a Twitter, I think. Twitter still, is maybe. dying. The latest thing today, Dylan, <laughs> is that he's, he's limiting the amount of tweets you can see per day. Oh. Do you see that? Why? What, for what reason? What's, I don't know. Don't you want he's people to go on your, your 
platform and use it. Use it. <laughs> I've never seen such a smart person act like such a moron. I really haven't. I think he's a moron, so I think that's why it's happening. Anyway. But anyway, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, for sure. Yeah, you'll find us there, definitely. Yeah, we're Zuck fans. That's all we are. Um, oh. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> I mean, fans is a, you know, bit much. No, but... that's true. Um, thank Mark the Man for the theme song. Um, Absolutely. And I think, I think I'll end by saying I miss you, man. Miss you, man. Miss you, man. Do I miss you? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.